that's the last step of this ecosystem I mentioned, right? Like everything else is in place. This is the last piece, you know, getting people to know you. So you're, you're leveraging social media platforms to get your name out there. That clip you just heard was from today's guest of the Founders and Dreamers series, Tom LaBelle of Smart Brand Marketing. He has over 20 years experience working in the online space with an emphasis in online courses. We dive into how to really be successful if you're interested in selling online courses and where the future of this industry is going. Definitely tune in if you're interested in creating an online course in the future. I know I gained a lot of insight that I'm going to be utilizing in my business. Welcome to the podcast. Today I have Tom LaBelle of Smart Brand Marketing. Very happy to have you on here today. Thank you for taking the time to chat with me today. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. So before we start, I would really love to hear a little bit about how you got started in the online space. I know you have a little bit of a diverse creative background, which is always great. And so just, yeah, just give us a little bit of insight. I know you're originally from Poland, then you moved to the U.S. at a very young age, and it seemed like that really helped kind of inspire you, kind of what drew you into the industry. So I'd love to kind of hear, um, yeah, what sparked your interest in this in this market? In the online space. So since I was young, um, I've always done things in business, right? So whether it's selling or um, just gaining skills, I had a couple stores, you know, worked in sales just to get um, what I needed to pretty much, you know, never go broke. If you can sell, you're always in business. So like there are a lot of things I did. Um, And the one thing I noticed, and it was uh, really common between most of the places I've worked at or I started is the overhead, you know? Um, if you start a regular business in America, you know, which is still one of the easiest places in the world to start a business, yes. um, you're going to have a lot of overhead. Like I, I think back right. to my coffee shop, you know, it was something I bought um, and I don't like coffee, so it was not the best choice. But when I, right. when I, when I think of it, um, you know, we had the fire marshal coming in, you know, pointing out things and saying, if you don't fix this, this and that, you're going to get fined, which I'm like, okay, we had unemployment insurance we're paying for. We had food spoilage, um, with all the taxes and everything. What I found is every $10 we paid out to an employee, um, we actually paid 20, right? So if someone was like asking for a raise, I'm like, oh, I'm only making 10, 15 bucks. I was like, no, you're making 30. Go ask right. to the uh, to the IRS for your other fifteen back. You know, not me. Right. But it was just a lot of overhead. You know, the insurance, um, keeping the lights on, just a lot of stuff. And the and the main thing for me um, was that I was stuck. You know, I couldn't move. I couldn't do what I wanted to because you know you got to watch the store. You got to make sure it's open. You got to you know. So, at one point in my career, I I thought, okay, the next business I'm going to start will have a couple constraints, you know, and the constraints will be. And I, th- I think for, you know, every listener, um, if you're in an, in an idea stage, this is really important, the constraints, right? Yeah. For me, um, I don't want to be selling in person. So whatever I do needs to be able to be sold either on the phone or over the internet or over a sales page. I don't want to be stuck in one location. 
So my plan was I'm going to move around the world, live in different places. Um, and this needs to support that, which I did, you know, probably like 14, 15 countries um, for over three, oh, four wow. years. And it was, yeah, it was great. But th that was a constraint I need, right? Which brings yes. another constraint really quickly is the phone calls and sales I need to make have to be made within an hour or two due to time zone restrictions, right? Like, right. you know, in Asia, I only have mornings and evenings. In Europe, I only have the afternoons. You know, so it depends where you are. You only have a small gap where you can do that. So that's another constraint. Another one, I did not want to have a team um, bigger than 15 employees. So when you look at businesses, you know, if you have a small team, you know, 10 to 15, you can have um, either a really good system, you know, with one manager um, or 12 to 15 A players. You know, you, you pick which route you want to go. Both come with different challenges. When you grow the business past that, you need to create kind of like a corporate structure that, you know, um, will, will work. Because, you know, for every manager, we can only have so many employees for them to function properly, blah, blah, blah. But what happens is when you grow big companies, usually you need a huge team of B employees. You know, B is for bummer, but B is for people who will just come in, do the job and leave, right? So... It's a bit of a different structure when you when you move into those two. So I, I prefer smaller teams. Um, you can, you know, bigger ones just take a lot more to manage, and you start going into a different type of. It's hard to hold on to eight players on a big uh, on a big team. Very hard, very very hard. Right. Unless you can pay them a lot, um, and you know that comes with other challenges. You got to spend like a whole month making enough money just to pay these guys. So. Um, so that was, right, exactly. yeah, so I had different constraints like that, that I had before starting the business, you know, and, and right. the online space was really, I, mean, I was comfortable with it, but it was the only real way for me to do that. Right. You know, exactly. Be, because with a sales page, you can replace yourself one as a salesperson. If the sales page is good and you're selling something not too, too expensive. Um, but you can also replace yourself as a qualifier. So you don't need a person really on the phone. Like there are a lot of things you can replace with a website. You know, right. Definitely. You know, most people make websites, especially small businesses, all about themselves. My website is all about getting the right customer in and keeping the bad customer out. Right. So most of my sales pages are actually repelling people, not bringing them in. Right. Like I already brought them in. Now it's just, you know, make sure you go away before you get on the phone with me or, you know, take any other action. Um, but yeah, that was a big thing with online space. And that, that really drew me in. It was like, you know, with the constraints I had, um, I had to go in that direction. Right. No, that definitely makes sense. And I understand now you're based out of Thailand. And so are you working with a remote team for the most part? And how is that kind of working these days? Yeah. So I sort of settled in. Um, I spend quite a bit of time in Thailand now. Well, especially with the virus, like we have no choice, but yeah. I do spend right. about six, uh, six months here. I like to spend three months in the U S and three months in Europe. And this kind of, you know, I move with the weather. Let's put it that way. Um, I, right. I do have a remote team. I try to keep my team as small as possible. We have about five people now. We moved it down okay. from 15. Um, very easy for me to handle. I mean, I, I speak to them maybe like three, four minutes in a day, you know, I, I barely talk to them. They know what they're supposed to be doing. Right. Um, but it, it makes it, yeah, it makes it really easy. Um, 
I have one manager um, still from the, well, what she does is make sure everyone's working. She does the hiring, firing, right? So I don't even deal with any of that. That's, that's the reason I keep her around for that. Um, and everyone else is in their roles. Like I have uh, people that help me market. I have a coder, a graphic person. And um, yeah, everyone else really makes sure that the company has leads coming in all the time so that we, even though we're booked most of the time, because I the, the business I run, the service business is um, sort of high end. Um, my thought is to always get leads. So one, you never have to go searching for them when you need them. And two, you can really be selective about your customers. And it makes your business much better. You're happier. Um, right. I'd rather say no to everyone for 30 days. And then when I need someone, just be like, oh, well, let me go back <laughs> and just right. send one email out. And okay, we're booked again. So that's the whole thought behind the marketing. So we market constantly, you know, always. I, yeah. I see. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So yeah, I just wanted to kind of uh, touch base a little bit about the listeners tuning in. So we kind of talked about this before we started, but just so you have kind of an idea that uh, the creatives are mostly people that are in that early idea stage. They haven't officially started an online business yet, and they either have tons of ideas trying to figure out which one to pick or... They have an idea, but they just need that support and guidance. So I just want to hear a little bit more about what your business offers. I know you're really focused on courses. Um, and how does that kind of look like? What what stage are you sort of helping people with? So here, here's what we've done. Um, we started with an SEO um, realm, okay. the most, right? That was the, um, the easiest way for us to uh, come into the game in the beginning. Right. It's the easiest, zero barriers to entry, but zero control of the outcome. Because it's Google. You can't control it. Um, right. but easiest money don't enjoy the industry very much, but it was just easy to get into. And I gained a lot of skills in there. Then we moved into actual marketing after, you know, a couple of years, we're like, well, let's just, you know, get into the whole, like, let's help people actually get money in instead of just, Oh, I mean, I'm going to get you to number one of Google for this, this, and that. And even if you get there, sometimes the results are not great because everything else is not working on the website. So we thought let's get into the big marketing space. What I found um, by going after a big niche, and I see this with my clients too sometimes, like, you know, you're a listener starting out. I want to teach people finance. I want to teach people how to build this type of business. I want to teach people math or a language, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's nice going after a big niche, but it's difficult in a lot of ways, right? right? Like someone would come up to me and say, why would I choose you over someone like Jay Abraham or um, just one of the older greats, you know, like the, the, the old, old timers. And, and I'd say, well, you know, if you can afford Jay Abraham, I mean, he's got about 30 years of experience on me. There's like, there's zero reasons to pick me, you know, and then that's the truth. Right. And what I did after that is, is I, you know, it kind of came naturally because the online course space kind of got walked into my life um, through my SEO contacts. Like one of the gyms that I worked with had a Muay Thai champion man, uh, managing it. Um, I did a good job for them. He asked me if I can help him build an online course. This was like eight years ago. Um, I said, well, I have no idea what I'm doing with that, but let's try it. So we did. And, you know, it, I kind of got good at that. But after struggling kind of in marketing for a bit, you know, we were getting clients, but it was just hard. We weren't getting the best clients. That was a problem. We, we were doing well, but not happy. You know, like what we talked about before, perfect clients. 
And, you know, once I got good with the online courses, I thought, well, what if I go into this smaller pond? Because it was smaller when I was coming in. It was about 60 to 80,000 course creators back then. Right. And I became known very fast. You know, I, I messaged some of the platforms, see if I can um, get on them and kind of do some live streams and get my name out there. And I became a big fish in a small pond within, like I would say, three to six months. But I, I do have the experience. Oh, wow. So, it, you know, it wasn't that hard. And I know how to market myself. Um, and we were booked with, I would say, close to perfect clients within the first year and only perfect clients in the second year. Oh, wow. And ever since. Um, and, and that was just the beauty of that, right? Just, just niching down a bit. And I, and I usually try to instill this in some of the people that ask me, you know, oh, I haven't built a course yet. And, you know, I have this idea. I'm like, well, it's kind of broad. The transformation is not really defined. There's no value on it. It's going to be a little tough, you know? And then I kind of talk them through, um, you know, maybe you should move into, you know, like if you're trying to teach English, for example, to not native speakers, maybe you want to help them pass some kind of a test, you know, or right. maybe you want to get into something that's more tangible for them. Like I want to actually do this. So help me with it. Like I want to pass the citizenship test in America. So I need to be able to understand and, you know, answer the questions. Easy, easy for someone to understand that. Then just abroad, let me help you get better with your language. And it's like, mm, okay, well, you know, so many people doing that. It's, you know, I can do it on YouTube for free. You know, there's right. no actual solution that I'm helping uh, you solve. And that kind of happens with every business. Like my um, website, you know, for the course business is really simple. It's wemarketonlinecourses.com. And if anyone <laughs> asks me what I do and I tell them the website, it's like, well, if you have to follow up on that, you're probably not the right fit. <laughs> it's it's right. very right. simple. <laughs> it's very yeah. simple. So, it's not confusing. <laughs> so I, I, I try to lead by example with that. And, you know, I could have branded it like, you know, dream something or, you know, whatever, just to make it really nice. But I said, look, you distill what you're selling to the simplest idea. And it's, it's often hard to, to do that, right? Because we try to be creative and try to kind of uh, package it a little nicer than, you know. But you can do it with different things. You can, you know, put as seen on, you know, different podcasts and work with these big companies that also, you know, brings your value up, case studies, things like that. But if you have to explain to someone, you know, what you do, it's probably not distilled yet, right? Like I should just be able to right. say like, well, I, what do you do? I help course creators sell courses or make more money or whatever. So easy. You know, everyone's like, yeah, I got you. And then it's just right. like, do I need it or not? Um, but that's the big challenge, I think, with the initial idea. You know, when you're first coming in, you just, you know, I want to help this, you know, create this. And like, well, if it's broad, um, you're going to have a hard time differentiating and, and initially getting people to connect with you and want to work with you. Like even with SEO, um, we mostly worked with small businesses, right? And it was okay, but I've seen people do much better doing SEO for lawyers, SEO for dentists, because it was so distilled. Right. You know, people you know, like a dentist would look at my website and someone else's that does SEO for dentists. And be like, well, you know, Tom's cool. He's got all the social proof, but this guy knows my industry. And the truth is he didn't. SEO was exactly the same, but it was all about the marketing, the niching down, right? right? 
And I learned from that because I seen these guys passing me by with sales. And, you know, I was like, well, you're not doing anything else that I'm doing other than just narrowing in the market. Yeah. So that's one lesson for um, when you're starting out. Be specific and you can always, you know, broaden that as you move along. But initially, much easier to make those sales is by going, you know, like getting, figuring out exactly who you want to go after. Um, And that's one question that almost none of my early clients can answer. You know, when I say like, who's your ideal client? And they'll be like, oh, it's women between 30 and 45. I was like, wow, really? <laughs> right. Really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so right. that's, that is not what I'm talking about. You got to be very narrow with it. Like, you know, um, and I think that's what you help with. Yeah, definitely. A lot of uh, people that come to me, it's they have this idea, this dream, but they're not really sure exactly which one they want to pick. And I know, you know, a lot of times we feel like we might be wasting time if we just kind of keep trying to work through our ideas and not take action on it. So I'd really love to know what you would say about someone who maybe comes to you or would come to me and would say, you know, I have a couple different ideas. I don't know which one to pick and helping them to kind of figure out this is the right idea for you to go down to start with uh, and not get in their own way. Cause that's basically what I see a lot of times people kind of get in their own way. They go down this kind of rabbit hole. Um, they want to see results really quickly. And so they just kind of overthink their ideas. Well, you can do this the easy way or the hard way, you know, and, and, right. and they all require thought. I mean, I always say, you know, you think for 40 hours and then hustle for two um, and you'll get better right. results than someone doing the opposite. Um, right. The first thing you want to do is you want to pick an industry, a niche, right? Like it's very important, like just broad industry. Like for me at the moment, it's e-learning, right? So it makes things easier because if I'm building a list or anything, building an audience, you know, all my offers will be within the industry. Um, and building a list is not easy. Let me tell you that. So, right. Yeah. So initially, you do want to pick something that's trending upwards, hopefully. You know, if it's trending down, maybe not the best idea. But like for me, e-learning is trending up. It's growing like crazy. But um, you pick an industry, right? And there are different ways about going about this. Um, one, you do want to distill each of the ideas into, like I said, like a simple, you know, like I do this, I help you with this and you get that. There's the value. Like you want to make sure you have that for everyone, because if you're vague with any idea, it's not going to sell well. Don't make customers think. But then, you know, if you have an audience, like I said, you kind of built someone like like a thousand or 2000 people in a certain niche, all you need to do is send one email saying like, I have this, um, this offer, do you guys want it? If they do, <laughs> you quickly build the back end and start fulfilling it, sales page, boom, right? It's easier because then you have something you can kind of validate, test with. If you don't, it's going to require some money, right? Because I would still right. take those ideas, um, but then you got to you know, kind of pre-build at least kind of a first draft or a vague sales page or opt-in page. Um, and you need to probably do paid ads. You know, it's, it's the worst way to really start. But if you have no audience, you know, and you don't want to build an audience. And then the one thing I, I, I don't like people doing is, you know, trying to build an audience without any idea of what they're going to sell at all. Right. 
Right. Um, because I've seen people like that fail hard over and over and over again. You know, like you sort of right. need to be able to make some kind of money or at least have an inkling of how you're going to get paid before you build an audience. So, you know, you're, you're sort of starting with these ideas and maybe one doesn't work, right? So maybe you want to just start with like an opt-in. You know, you you take what you're thinking of selling, um, you kind of distill it into maybe like a lead magnet and just at least see if there's interest in that. But you're building a list. Right. But keep it in the same industry, right? So then when you build, let's say, even just 30 people from the first idea that maybe didn't work, you can now pitch your second idea to those 30 people while you're still building the list, right? But you're still in the same industry. You're not actually wasting money long-term. Right. Um, yeah, and I feel like that's where kind of trips people up. A lot of times they feel like they're wasting money, they're wasting time. And so then they never start to take that action to test things out. And really, you really need to do that, especially if, if you have a ton of ideas and you don't know which one to go with. Yes. You have to kind of put yourself out there and see what's going to work, what the market wants. So the first thousand people will be difficult, always. Always, it's a grind. Right. It, it picks up by itself after that. Right? It be, makes life much easier. Yeah. If you're just persistent enough and you do what I just told you, stay in the same niche, you're testing ideas. When you get to a thousand people, let's say on your email list, and they're sort of, sort of engaged, they see what you've been trying to do, you can actually ask. Once you get to a thousand, that's a good benchmark. Look, oh, guys, this is what I offer. Um, what would you be interested in? And how much would you be willing to pay for it? And if it's a thousand people, you will often get the idea and they'll just tell you what to build. But they will not do that, you know, at a hundred or two hundred. It doesn't really work that well. We've tested it. Right. So right. just by being persistent enough and be like, man, like I built an audience all in the same niche. None of my ideas are really good, which is kind of hard to believe. Like I've stumbled onto ideas just by trying things. But let's say it didn't, you know, at a thousand you've spent some money, you've built up an audience, they will 90% of the time tell you what you need to be building for them because they're going to be right. within the same kind of niche and already seen your 50 offers by then, at least some of them. They'll be like, man, this person. But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it, will, it, will, it will work eventually. Right. No, um, and, and then this is the way to think of it too with the online space. You want to think of the easiest businesses to start and move, transition into, you know, the next kind of, you know, better businesses in a way. I can explain why too. So the the easiest thing to do initially um, is, you know, consulting, services, coaching, you know, anything where you're just spending, you know, some of your time for money, you know, so you got a job. It can become a really good job, trust me. But you're still doing like, you know, the dumbest kind of work, which is what I do still to stay in the game. Like personally, I hate someone that teaches marketing and sales and is still not doing it. You know, like I just don't want to be right. one of those people. So I like to keep myself in the dumb part of the business because it's what kind of brings everything else up. But that's the first thing. Easiest. You know, if you can kind of define who your clients are, you can coach them, whether it's copywriting. Let me help you with the headlines. Let me help you look over the sales pages. Let me help you with your mindset, like whatever you you know want to do. Um, super easy. The second one is where you have some kind of a transition into a no fulfillment teaching, right? So whatever you teach people in person, on the phone, whatever, take your time. That's when you build an online course or masterclass, workshop, whatever you want to do. Um, so either one, 
you if you do it live, which is still fine, you can get a group of 200 instead of one, right? Yeah, that's at least scalable. You can teach someone how to do those workshops after a couple of time and step out. Um, if it's just a regular online course that, you know, distills those ideas, everything, and it's more of a do it yourself, maybe not as expensive, but there's no time taken out of your life. Now that you move into the better business now, I was just about marketing and sales that and instead of actually doing the fulfillment too. Um, right. and, and then the next step is, you know, actually building some kind of an app or software within your industry, which is the hardest, the slowest to start, but it becomes something that you can just really hire people, don't really even touch it and have it scale. Uh, there are really no limits to that. Um, but you move from, you know, services, usually consulting into some kind of a teaching without you in there. And then you build something for those people. Um, and that's usually the transition. Um, uh, for me, I like doing all three at the same time. You know, the coaching consulting brings everything else up. The online courses, they kind of ebb and flow. They don't sell equally. Even if you have an evergreen one, you have better months than worse months. Right. And then the app, like eventually once it takes off, it can, you know, you can exit and just stop working completely if you want to. Uh, but that gives you three income streams that all sort of work with each other. And um, it's really a dream business. You know, like you, you have no one customer, no one boss, no one tells you what to do at that point. Right. Yeah, it's amazing. The online space is, is incredible. Um, so kind of getting back into courses, I'm just kind of curious because you've kind of said a couple of different things. What do you think, what type of courses do you think really work the best now? Because there's sort of, like you said, doing masterclasses and kind of workshops, but then you have signature courses are really big where people talk about, you know, creating these kind of longer online programs. Have you kind of played around with both of those? What do you think is kind of the best, especially to just get started with? Uh, we've done everything for <laughs> our okay. clients already. Yeah, we've that's seen, what I figured. <laughs> yeah. Uh, here's yeah. what I see work, you know, because what the best thing is, um, you know, differs for everyone, you know, it's like, you know, if, if I, like, it's like, if I say, let me help you reduce stress and, you know, like it's so different for everybody. Right. Um, so let's say best, easiest to sell, sell. How about that? Right. The easiest yes, thing definitely. to sell. Um, very small niches with an engaged okay. audience. That's one. Right. And for example, um, like something like knitting or help you make your own swimsuit or um, I will help you um, draw this certain thing or help you play this most popular song right now on the piano, like very specific, very niche. These people are excited about it. Help okay. you with your golf swing, whatever it is. Very, very niche, niche thing, um, small. They sell really, really well. The second one is um, help you learn this skill to get this job. So um, could be a robotics um, software or um, automation or AI, some some piece of it, so that now you can get a job with one, you know, a game developer or two, um, this car company. So like it's a, it's a very like it's a missing piece. You know, they know 
that colleges are teaching you this, but the job requires this and that, and this part is not taught, you know, because it's, um, it's either new or, you know, it, it's something that um, evolves so quickly that, you know, regular colleges can't keep up with it or it's just missing from the curriculum. So I see those sell really, really well. Right. And the third one is help you pass a certain exam. You know, it could be a series okay. six, series seven. You know, this is insurance or life. Um, yeah, insurance um, or brokerage or some CPA exam or um, there are there are many that I've seen people do really well with. And the thing I like about pass an exam, um, and this could also work with help you get a get through a very hard interview because a lot of interviews are pretty much like exams. I've seen you know it's, yeah. it's in the same same type of niche is that you don't need to explain much, right? Uh, the transformation is really easy. I'm going to help you pass right. a series six. So you get this job. Very easy, very easy. Right. The value is also very easy. Well, if you want to make $70,000 with this job, you need to pass the exam. You know, I don't need to explain myself. And the urgency is also in place without you having to create it. If you don't pass right. this exam in four weeks, the job will find someone else. You know, the manager will always usually tell you like at the hiring, like you have this much time to pass this or you're not the right fit. So all these right. things are in place, makes things very, very easy to sell. So in those three, um, I found people are having great success. And what would you say sort of the price points in some of these smaller niches are when you're sort of targeting a, a narrow market? Does it really just kind of depend on whatever the the industry with the topic is, or do you find there's kind of a sweet spot for some of these so types what, of courses? So what we do is um, once we figure out the transformation, that's, you know, the first thing you need to do, like I'm going to take you from A to B, right? Then we put a value on that transformation. Like, is it, how much is it worth? You know, how much is this mm -hmm. person going to make or think that they're going to make? Whatever. What's the value of that? And then we usually take 10% of that and that's the price of the course. Right. Okay. I see. That's simple. I like that. Very straight to the point. Easy to figure out. Uh, so kind of getting back into sort of the marketing of it, I kind of wanted to touch base on something you mentioned earlier about just when you go out there and you're promoting your course and a lot of people that are new might have to take the ad route because they're new and they don't have an audience. So what do you really think is the difference between, you know, starting out with ads versus creating content, because I know a lot of people say, you know, don't create content, don't create blog posts, don't create podcasts and things like that. Just go out there and basically try to market. And it's sort of, I feel like people are kind of screaming one way or the other. This is the way you have to do it. You have to build an audience first. And other people say, don't do it that way. And I know you had mentioned that the information age is dead. Is that sort of what you mean? Is that kind of in alignment with content creation or? No, 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 no. So okay. this, is, this is what used to happen. Um, the information age um, died around, I would say, six, seven years ago. Before, okay. you used to be able to just say, I know this and sell it. Right. Now you need to transform to sell, right? Okay. So online courses used to just be info products. You know, I'm going to throw all this stuff at you, how to start a business, you know, how to blah, blah, blah. Stuff that we now just take for granted because it's on YouTube and everywhere else and used to be able to sell yeah. it. Now, if you have an online course that's not that's vague, because, you know, it was just vague information being out. That was the information age. People just bought it. 
now it just doesn't do well. Like if you don't tell someone like, I'm going to take you from here and help you grow your first thousand Instagram followers or make your first one sale in coaching or help you play this song. If there's no clear transformation, people don't care about the info anymore. You know, they, they will just right. go on YouTube, but to get it on YouTube, someone needs to create it. Right. So selling information it's not going to really work for you. You need to go more into like this, you know, transformational thing, but now we're talking about marketing. It's a whole different thing, right? Right. When you, when you market your own course, business, whatever you you do, um, you have two different things that you're looking at paid traffic, quick and expensive content marketing, slow, but cheap in the long run. Right. Right. And usually do both at the same time. You know, initially paid traffic is what's going to make everything work because it's quick. It's going to get your results. But you're looking 12, 18 months down the line where the organic takes off enough where you can stop the um, the paid traffic completely or only do remarketing, which brings the best results. Right. So there's not like one path to go, really. You know, if you okay. don't want to wait for 18 months, well, then you need to start pay traffic. If you don't want right. to keep paying, um, you know, Google and Facebook forever, then you better start this content marketing thing. Right? It's like these right. two paths that interwine. And at one point, one's going to save you, save you from the next. So you do both. We do both at our company. Right. You know, we do social media outreach to get people into the Facebook group or our email list. Um, we do paid to remarket the people who kind of left the page and did not you know, sign up for anything. We do content marketing podcasts, you know, to get our brand up, get SEO links, get, you know, there's the different things that we do, but it's all cohesive. We do all of it. Right. And yeah, that makes a business strong in the long term. So you got to think, are you doing this long term or short term too? If it's just, you know, I'm going to do, I'm gonna, if I'm going to create a TikTok agency, for example, and that's one more thing I, I um, uh, want to stress. If you can't control your business, you're not going to be in business for very long, right? So if you build something on someone else's platform completely, that's a short term strategy, even if you want to go long term, because you just don't know. Um, you know, that's anything with LinkedIn, Facebook, whatever, you know, Google, anything, you know, it's a long, but, but if you do a long-term, right. Um, you use both. If you do short-term, well, why am I going to create content and all this stuff or something that's going to be gone in a year or two? Right. right. So that's when you use just one and yeah. it would just be paid. Like, I don't care about all this stuff. This, this business is, I'm just going to make as much money as I can really quickly and move on when it's done. Um, but you need to kind of think this through before you start, right? Like don't just kind of think it's going to fall in your lap. Like this is where the thinking comes in. <laughs> right. To, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, I wanted to ask, cause I feel like, you know, I've definitely had clients come to me and they feel overwhelmed by, do I have to show up on Instagram every day? And do I have to do this every day? And it's sort of like, well, what is your, yeah. What is your long-term goal? What is the point of what you're doing? Is this a mission driven business or not? And so you have to kind of weigh, both those options, but I know it's, it's definitely, I think can be confusing when you're first starting. Cause there's so there's these two rules of thought of create content, be online, be on social media. And then there's this other rule of thought of just, you know, get out there and do the advertising and people don't really know in the beginning what's what they should do. So I'm glad that you illustrated that a little bit clearer. So think of it as an ecosystem, 
right? Don't think about being on Instagram. Who cares about Instagram? Who cares about Facebook, right? right? It doesn't matter. Like I see people posting nonsense all the time and not making sales. We barely post anything and doing fine. Think of it as an ecosystem. Um, And you got to work backwards. You reverse engineer, right? Like what is the goal of my business? Is to get a customer, right? So how do I get my customer? Well, they go to a sales page, they book a call, and then I sell them if I want to work with them. Okay. How do they get to the sales page? Well, they either look at a case study or read a good piece of content or are from my email list. Great. That means one of my assets. How do they get on the email list and come to the website? Well, they either hear about me on a social media thing or in an ad or in a Facebook group. Okay. How do they hear about me on social media? Right. Well, I make comments, blah, blah, blah. Um, I put out some content in front of my audience, right? This is a big thing. Don't just go talking to your friends. No one cares what you're doing in front of your audience. You know, how do I get into a Facebook group? Well, I, again, I have to either reach out to them or, you know, build it, blah, blah, blah. But you you work backwards, right? And then that message initially is, you know, you're not trying to sell anyone on social media because we just talked through these steps, right? You're trying to get them to one, either go on your email list or go on your website. So you're posting things with only one thing in mind. I want them to get on my email list or go on my website. Now you know what to post, right? Like I I see people being all over the place. You know, I want to motivate. Are are you selling a motivational product? You know, are you, is your website about motivation? Because if it's not, maybe you want to stop that nonsense, right? Yeah. Like think about the problems, you know, like what your perfect customer maybe is thinking about right now or dealing with and, you know, kind of mention that and say, well, I have an article or I have a video or I have this gift for you that, you know, targets this. I'm not solving it. I'm not selling it, but I'm just, you know, kind of meeting you in the middle. So you see like, oh, we're on the same page. This person might be able to help me with something. Let me see what they have to say. And then you move them down the path to the sale, right? So you kind of work backwards, but it's all within this one ecosystem. And, you know, everything, you know, you draw it out on a piece of paper. I did initially so that I knew what leads where and then helps you kind of figure out what you're posting and what, you know, what the point is. If you don't have an other responder, you know, um, so for example, when you get someone on the email list, you need to warm them up, get them to know you and, you know, pitch at the end. If you don't have that in place, don't post on social media, right? Right. Because if you post on social media, someone gets on the list, they get nothing. What's the point? Like you always work backwards, right? Like, well, if I have a sales page, I can get people in. They should be able to buy. Okay. I might have to warm them up. Let's create the other responder. Now let's get some people on the email list, test it, see how that's working. Okay. That's great. I'm getting some people in everything's working. Now I need to get more people in. So I got to do branding. Now I'm going on social media to start the whole branding process. So they move in down the path, right? So as long as you kind of work backwards, it's easy. If you start from, I'm going to post on social media and then everything else is missing. This is when problems happen. Right. You know? Yeah. And I love that always work backwards. Cause I feel like that's what a lot of people do the opposite of. They always go first to Instagram to on, you know, to social media, because that's sort of what they think everyone is seeing, but really it's about what's going on internally in your business, getting people to your website and 
having it set up the right way. So I think that's really valuable. Yeah. So it's, I, I always try to just simplify it. Right. And then if you keep doing this, you have the goal in mind, you know, like, cause you always need to have the goal in mind. Everything leads to that goal, which is make that sale or help them with this. But when you're posting at different places, you only think about the next step. If, right. if you're writing an email, right. And you want people to go to your sales page. The only point of that email is to get them to click to go to the sales page. So everything in that needs to only talk about the next step. Don't move forward, right? Like don't introduce your online course. Don't introduce your service yet. Don't introduce anything. You're having them click on this to read the sales page. You know what I mean? Like that's the one thing I find. So like even with people doing webinars initially, instead of just getting you know, to the info and teaching someone and at the end saying like, yeah, you have a great offer. They start introducing the course and everything else. I'm like, what are you doing? Right. The only thing people signed up for is to learn these three tricks that you promised them. Teach them, get them to trust you. And maybe at the end, they'll allow you to pitch. You know, don't start right. pitching and doing nonsense at the beginning. Once again, you're not following, you know, the sales conversation, the natural flow of things. And this is right. really important too. And I, I think initially everyone struggles with it. So that's why I'm kind of trying to make sure it's, you know, I say it multiple times. Yeah, no, I'm glad that you're talking about this because I I do see this a lot where people just sort of are, yeah, jumping into things, not realizing there's a whole process and a system that has to be set up. It's definitely, I think we're living in this time of instant gratification where we think we just put up a website and Instagram and then we're making money, you know, day one. And so, yeah, it's just, it's very helpful that you're sharing this. I really appreciate it. Well, you could be, you know, like if you set up the entire backend and you you either have the experience or you're lucky, yeah. The first day you post something and people get on your email list or on your sales page, they could buy. Right. You know, that's but but that's the last step of this ecosystem I mentioned, right? Like everything else is in place. This is the last piece, you know, getting people to know you. So you're you're leveraging social media platforms to get your name out there. But right. when someone gets in and looks at more, you know, the whole path leads them to a sale. That's that's normal. Yeah. You know, but this is the last step, right? Like everything else is in place already. Right. No, that makes sense. So where do you think this industry is sort of going if we're kind of looking into the next five years or so with courses? Do you think we're going to just keep evolving what we've been doing? Or you think that we've kind of got into this really good cycle with the ecosystem, everything you've been talking about? Or do you see any kind of trends or have any insights of what could be changing? I know the online space is always changing, but... Yeah, just love to hear your perspective well, if, on that. If we stick with online courses, um, that's the industry I know best because I'm yes. in it all the time. Um, we're definitely not moving away back to selling information, right? We're, it's going to be transformation right. all the way through. And I think it's going to become even more niche. Like, you know, like I said, you know, like uh, help you pass this test. Like people will really get into those spaces more. Um, they'll start dominating very small niches, you know, like the knitting spaces and all that. Like I'm seeing like actual, like really good things coming in these very, very small, um, small engaged audiences. Um, yes. it's, it's definitely growing. Um, COVID helped a lot, a lot right. moving people to learn things online. Like I've seen my industry explode by about 300% in the last four months. Wow. And it's, it's definitely going to go up. Um, I'm not seeing people go back to like, oh yeah, I'm going to take this class where I have to drive for an hour if I can do it online. Like there's, there's a lot of things. Exactly. Um, yeah. But w- what it is going to do, um, it's going to make it harder for the educators. 
again, you know, we're evolving. If you look at some of the leading countries in online learning, uh, I mean, I like to look at South Korea because they're way ahead. Uh, the course creators are many celebrities. You know, they're, they're, oh, wow. they have followings over like millions of people. They're entertainers slash educators. Okay. And we've sort of touched on that in America right now with Masterclass, right? Like we're trying to take celebrities and, and kind of leverage them to teach. You know, they're not great teachers, they're celebrities. But the next step is actual educators becoming celebrities, many celebrities in their niche. So think like Tim Ferriss or that type, right? Like if you talk to a normal person, they won't know who it is. But in the business space, everyone's like, yeah, I know that guy. So that's what I'm talking about. So so many celebrities in their niche. Um, And and that's really where it's moving to, which, you know, (laughs) like you're doing a podcast, so you know the pain, right? Like to have a good podcast, you have to be engaging, entertaining, and still bring value. You know, right. like like most people who think podcasts are easy, and I thought this in the beginning, we just ramble and we don't think about the audience much. You know, it's easy. Who wants to learn these weird skills like being entertaining and caring <laughs> about the audience? These are skills. Right. These are actual skills. Um, definitely. And with online educators, it's, you know, it's another skill. Like I need to understand the basic tech. That's a new thing I got to learn, you know, unless I can hire someone else to do everything. I need to learn marketing, you know, unless I can hire someone. That's a big skill. I know how to right. teach, but now am I entertaining and do I have some charisma? Can I build a platform? Right. So that's, you know, it's, it's, it just becomes harder for, you know, and you're going to see people kind of outshine others very quickly, you know, because one person is going to really stick out, make most of the money again. And then, yeah, but that's where we're moving towards. Right. Wow. Okay. That's really great. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I've definitely with the influencer space, you're sort of seeing that kind of transition where influencers are also selling courses and things like that. But the mini celebrity, I wasn't really thinking of it in that term. So that's really interesting to hear that perspective. Uh, So just to kind of wrap up here, because I want to be respectful of your time. I always love to end these episodes with some sort of simple action for the listener because I feel like like I said they're very in that idea stage and not necessarily moving forward quite yet and so I love to hear from someone who has such a strong background in the industry having met with so many different people in this space if there is something one action step that you could give to the listener that they could potentially take action on today after listening to this episode or sometime this week I'd really love to hear uh, what you have to say. So I was reading uh, the Stephen King book on writing, right? And it, it, it's an entire book. It's, it's really valuable. Um, but he answered this like in the first paragraph, like, what do you want to, what do you need to do if you want to become a better writer? Well, you go write. You just right. sit down and write. Right? So right. unfortunately, that's the case with everything. You know, if yes. you want to become a better podcaster, <laughs> well, you podcast. If you want to become a better business person, well, you start a business. So the the one thing that I would um, like to add to that, right? Because it's easy to say, just do it, right? Right, um, yeah. Think in systems and not goals, right? So one, you know, is like very far away. Like I'm going to make 10,000 per month. Like, uh, so, you know. Great. 
you know, put that on a wall, you'll make it. I've done this stuff before, you know, it, it, it happens. But you want to think about systems that are going to get you to that point, right? So I need to do an hour of marketing every single day. I need to figure that out, like whatever it is. Maybe create content for an hour. I need to do... So you create systems that will help you get to whatever the goal is, right? So you think in systems much more. Things that you can do every single day to move you forward. Right. And I think... And I think, you know, when you think within the systems, right, you know, don't, don't do something like I just maybe said, like, you know, one hour of marketing, you know, think in small steps. I'm going to do five minutes. I'm going to reach out to three people today, three people tomorrow blah, blah, for the first week, get my feedback, think what I did wrong, what I did right, improve next week, right? So Kaizen, right? Small improvements over time. Right. So do whatever it is you want to do, one. Two, think in systems. Three, Kaizen. Small improvements over time. You'll grow from, you know, one minute of walking in front of a TV to a hard workout of an hour, right? Like that, that's just how it happens. It's over time. Right. And right. with those three, you'll succeed. You know, as long as you don't give up, you'll be fine. Perfect. Great. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. I really appreciate it. And so just, yeah, just share where everyone can find you online if people want to connect with you after the episode. Sure. Uh, the best place is smartbrandmarketing.com. Uh, that's where like everything falls under that umbrella that I do. And if you join any of the lists, you know, you're going to get thrown into my marketing thoughts um, newsletter, which is sort of like what we just did on the podcast, but often more blunt because it's, you know, my list and I, <laughs> I control it. So yes. I will, I will give like some of my thoughts sometimes on things that I see and, you know, and I break down like what I did wrong all the time too, because, you know, that's just the way it is. Um, but yeah, yeah, easy way to, to contact me and, and just good luck, you know, get, get with it. Look, the thing is, you know, you know, people say, uh, you know, nine out of 10 businesses fail. That's fine. Just start a 10th one. You know, people right. say like, oh, businesses are so unpredictable and, you know, um, hard and risky. No, they're not. It's much riskier being at a job, and I've been at these. Like, the thing is, you know, there's nothing really better <laughs> than owning a business to, to if you want to control your outcome. And if you're in America already, you know, it's like the easiest thing to do. It takes five minutes to actually form an LLC. Right. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Definitely love working online. It's it's definitely amazing. So. I really appreciate all of your tips and your insights. It's very helpful. And I'll have everything linked in the show notes as well if anyone wants to go and check out Tom. And thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. I, I enjoyed it. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, please leave a positive review. Check out workyourmood.com and come get more inspiration on Instagram. I'll chat with you next time. Bye.